Welcome to Healthy Vision Talk Radio, the podcast for people in search of a physician with alternative solutions for their eye problems. From the best-selling, award-winning, world's-only homeopathic ophthalmologist, here's your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat. Welcome to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, and thank you so much for joining me this evening. And this evening, we're going to be talking about homeopathy and how important it is for those of you that are interested in alternative therapies to get involved to protect the freedom of choice with homeopathy. And this evening, I have the pleasure of having Paola Braun with me, who's the president of Americans for Homeopathy Choice. So, Paola, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you for having me. I'm very much looking forward to the show, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk about homeopathy. It's a very important subject, especially right now politically. So, Yeah, this is a critical time politically, and we just got to get folks motivated to really protect our health care freedom in this country. So let's let's begin. I wonder if you could share with us a little bit about your background uh, and how you got interested in homeopathy and actually how you moved up the ranks to become president of this really important organization. Oh, boy. Um, Well, uh, I'm actually originally from Brazil. That's why I have a unique first name, Paola. In Brazil and really in in many other countries, homeopathy is known and um, it's used uh, commonly. And so when my family immigrated to the United States, I was three years old. My mother knew we would not have regular health insurance, so she bought herself a homeopathy kit and a little book. And that's how she took care of us growing up. and then, unfortunately, you know, there's kind of a sad part to this story. My mom, when my my father graduated from university and he, you know, had a full-time job and health insurance, my mom threw out her kit. She did not realize how what a precious thing she had. But um, because of that, I had robust health growing up. And, um, of course, we, were, we hardly ever took any medications. We used homeopathy here and there. And then when I grew up, I um, began suffering from a series of urinary tract infections. And then I developed a condition called inflammation of the bladder, where your bladder bleeds internally. And it feels, if you've ever had a UTI, especially you ladies listening, if you've ever had a UTI, it feels like, um, interstitial cystitis feels like chronic, nonstop, everyday um, bladder infection. It was very, very painful. So, you know, I had gone to many doctors and um, urologists, and they offered, you know, just precious little alternatives. I mean, you know, options to treat this. There was a pill I could take, might make all my hair fall out. They could cut the nerve to my bladder so I wouldn't feel my bladder anymore, and I'd have to pee on a schedule for the rest of my life. And um, my favorite, or I guess my least favorite, being sarcastic here, was I could start an opioid addiction, and they said that they could have me join a support group um, for the forthcoming addiction, which I did not yet have. And that all sounded ridiculous. I was, you know, 23 at the time. I want, you know, I had two children. I was wanting to have a third, and I just knew that, you know, my liver alone wouldn't be able to sustain a lifelong of drugs. Um, And so... I remembered, you know, I searched, I did acupuncture and herbs, just wonderful things that helped a little bit, but nothing really cured it. And then I remembered 
something my mom gave me a long time ago, homeopathy, and I found it. And, you know, it totally cured me. It totally and completely cured me of that bladder disease and several other conditions I was suffering from. And I mean, it, it, I remember the first time I took a pellet as an adult, a homeopathy pill, you know, they come in, they come usually in these little sugar pellets that are about the size of like BB gun bullets, you know, the little round ones. And I put it under my tongue and I had this incredible flashback of my childhood. And I remember these remedies that my mom gave me and it totally uprooted my condition. It, it gave my body the information my body needed to cure myself. And, and it was just fantastic, just fantastic. And so I love homeopathy. I'm very passionate about it. It's really empowered me as a mother to take care of my kids. Um, cold turkey, the day homeopathy reentered my life, we never again have used any over-the-counter or prescription medication for my kids. We've avoided all drugs, and that's thanks to homeopathy. So I really, really love this wonderful medicine. Um, it's it's my workhorse, I like to say, because you know herbs and essential oils, those are all really good things, but nothing comes close to how quickly and effective homeopathy works. And so I, I use it first as my first option, and, um, and then we go from there. Well, that's. Um, I think we have to make a couple of important distinctions about homeopathy. I think homeopathy is one of the few treatment modalities which actually has the potential to cure a problem. And many of us who are really passionate about homeopathy uh, have health challenges in our life, and uh, we were struggling to regain our health, and then homeopathy was just that magic formula that took care of things. I mean, personally, I developed severe adult onset asthma, and I was a busy eye surgeon, and a lot of the asthma medications I was taking caused a tremor, and you can't be a good surgeon with a hand tremor. And I was searching for a cure, and it was one homeopathic remedy that cured me of my asthma. And traditional medicine, I think they're in the business of maintaining disease, you know, yeah. take this medication. Uh, how long do I have to take it, Doc? Well, you got to take it for the rest of your life. But homeopathy, we actually make an attempt. And even those people, and this is why I like it so much in my practice, even those people that have a chronic disease that may be uncurable, such as macular degeneration and glaucoma, when they begin homeopathic treatment, they, they do so much better. Maybe they decrease the amount of medications they're taking, their vision improves, their general health improves. So, you know, homeopathy has uh, this, this magical, magical property. And, of course, homeopathy has been around for quite some time in the United States. In fact, the American Institute of Homeopathy, which I'm proud to be a member of, was an organization that preceded the American Medical Association. In fact, the only reason the American Medical Association was established was to fight homeopathy. And now, unfortunately, we don't have the financial backings of uh, the big drug companies. Homeopathy is, uh, has become under attack. So my next question is, how did you get involved with Americans for Homeopathy Choice? And um, tell me about the mission of the organization. 
Absolutely. So um, I, I am, like I said, very passionate about homeopathy. I am not a homeopath. Um, I like to joke that I really don't want to be one. <laughs> I like being able to go to someone else and have them help me with um, health things and my family's health things. I think it's really, they, I, I love homeopaths and it's really a deep medicine and it takes a lot of study to be a good homeopath. And so I like to joke, I don't want to be a homeopath. I don't want to be one so much that I'd rather save homeopathy so the homeopaths can continue doing what they're doing than um, doing it myself. But I really do love, love homeopathy. Well, let me just uh, let me just interrupt you for a minute. You know, homeopathy was meant to be medicine of the people. I don't want you to discourage folks out there listening to, you know, buy a homeopathic uh, home remedy kit. That's and right. begin using homeo. You know, it's not that difficult. And That's some, right. some simple remedies, you know, like Arnica Montana uh, is just uh, wonderful for injuries and Belladonna, Gelsemium. There's so many simple remedies that can really make a difference in um, your everyday life. So uh, you're correct that, you know, if you have a serious disease and exactly you need a professional homeopath, but for so much in the day-to-day activity, especially a mom. Uh, like yourself, taking care of uh, the average colds and flus and fevers. I'm sure you can tell us a lot of amazing stories with your kids, how homeopathy just worked magic. Yes, that's exactly right. And I, I think you're right. You know, that, that term, that homeopathy is the people's medicine. I like to say it's mother's medicine. Um, I, I own various homeopathy kits, um, several actually. And um, if you go to homeopathychoice.org, we have a shop page and we've, we're partnering with Washington Homeopathics. They sell my favorite mother's homeopathy kit. It's a, it's a little red kit with 100 remedies. And um, you get a little discount if you buy it through a website and they give us a little percentage as a donation and um it's wonderful i don't i i would love for every mother in america to own their own homeopathy kit and even you know one of the great american homeopaths constantine herring was one of the first people to really promote these domestic homeopathy kits for mothers i like to say that um homeopathy is one of my superpowers as a mom you know, uh, women have some superpowers. We can make humans, you know, when, we, when we're pregnant. And homeopathy is a big part of my superpower. It's such an important thing when your child wakes up in the middle of the night with a raging, you know, a swimmer's ear infection. All well, excuse me, we're, um, we're coming up to a break right now. And okay. uh, with me is uh, Paola Brand, and we're talking about homeopathy. And we come back, we're going to continue more about uh, the powers of homeopathy and how you can fight uh, this uh, major undertaking by the FDA trying to block so many of our precious homeopathic medicines. So we'll be right back after this break. Uh, welcome back to Healthy Vision. This is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, and we're talking about homeopathy. So, uh, Iola, let's uh, go into a, maybe some examples of how homeopathy has helped you and your family, and also we got to talk about your great organization, Americans for Homeopathy Choice, how you got involved with that group. 
Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Before the commercial break, we were talking about, you know, how I didn't want to become a homeopath, but I do consider myself a mommyopath, which is a mom who knows how to use homeopathy with her kids for day-to-day normal kid things. And if you go to our website, homeopathychoice.org, I told you about our kit. And we even have some intro to homeopathy courses that um, we've collaborated with other homeopaths who offer that specifically to help, you know, moms learn some basic homeopathy. And once, once you get bit by the homeopathy bug. I mean, there's really no turning back. So go to homeopathychoice.org under our shop. You can, you know, see some of those courses and learn about that kit, but absolutely homeopathy. I mean, we have had impetigo, um, throat infections, ear infections. My daughter had a urinary tract infection. She seemed to have inherited a little bit of my weak bladder and, um, time and time again, homeopathy. One, one infection, and now I did work with my medical doctor and a professional homeopath um, for this situation, but my, my husband actually got stung by a bee, and he's not allergic to bees, but um, that bee sting turned into cellulitis pretty darn quickly. And um, it's, a, it's a tricky thing, and, and absolutely antibiotics is the first thing that you know doctors will, will use to, to take care of that. And, you know, of course, we, we will use antibiotics if we have to, if, if we're in a, you know, I call it heroic, life-threatening situation. But, um, it you know, we, we tried to kind of address it right away from the beginning with homeopathy, and it worked. I mean, the infection kind of got pretty pretty intense right there at the beginning. And then before we knew it, he was on the road to recovery and he was better within five days. And what's so beautiful about a situation like that is that cellulitis infections, for example, take usually a large amount of antibiotics and they tend to come back over and over again. These cellulitis infections, they tend to be very resistant to antibiotics. And it was just fantastic to have remedies in my home that I was able to use for my husband. Um, we specifically use belladonna, you know, it was red, hot and throbbing his arm. And I'm, I can identify a belladonna situation very quickly when I see that red, hot and throbbing symptoms. And we used it and we used a a couple of other remedies during the whole course, but within five days, it was like nothing had ever happened. And it's just so wonderful for me as the mother to be able to take care of my family like this. Well, that's the beautiful thing about homeopathy. When you have an acute situation in your home, of course, traditionally, you give the pediatrician a call, you go to the emergency room, you have to wait, and then it's you're kind of like taking potluck. Are you going to get somebody that has experience or competent? But the beautiful thing is homeopathy doesn't cause any harm. You know, if you prescribe belladonna and it's not the right remedy and you don't see an improvement, well, then you seek help uh, with with a professional. But so many situations in our life, and especially if you're a mom, you know, you you want to take care of your kids immediately. And you see them suffering and, uh, you know, time is a factor. So why not reach into your homeopathic remedy kit and... uh, prescribe a, a remedy and just observe the reaction. Uh, but, right. You know, uh, raising my three kids, uh, I mean, Arnica was my friend. You know, when my sons fell off their bicycle and were screaming bloody murder, <laughs> yep. give them a little bit of Arnica, and uh, the pain went away, and they quickly were back on the bicycle like, like nothing happened. And the same thing with uh, so many colds and flus. You know, traditional medicine... All they know is antibiotics, which is humorous because most 
flus are caused by a virus, and antibiotics have very little effect. But you go to the pediatrician, you're going to get an antibiotic. And we actually, we actually, right now we're living um, abroad for two years, but we, um, our home base is in Texas and we have a farm. We have a milk cow, we have chickens, we have bees, we have garden. And with that milk cow, I mean, she, she got mastitis once and um, a couple of other infections, her calf, when we castrate it, because, you know, bulls, if they're not castrated, get really dangerous and aggressive. Um, and, you know, he got an infection after being castrated, which actually doesn't happen very often. And again, you know, I, I worked with the vet to identify what was going on, how serious it was, because you've got to kind of be smart about this. And, and no one wants you to be unwise or foolish. But my goodness, homeopathy with my farm animals, it works so well. Once the correct remedy is selected, it works so well. So it's really about educating yourself, you know, partnering with a really great homeopath that could be, you know, your family homeopath. And you guys can get, we can avoid a lot of drugs with, with these, you know, with kind of planning ahead and preparing yourself. And that's what I think moms are so great at, right? You, you look into any mom's purse and they're prepared with a bunch of things. And my purse has Arnica, like you said, for those accidents. It has, um, it has Ledum, Apis, and Aconite. And I always carry that wherever I go because homeopathy is just so fantastic. It really, truly is mother's medicine in many ways. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I hate to ask you this question, but for the listeners who may not know what homeopathy is, you know, I always tell my patients, sometimes it's easier to explain what homeopathy is not than what it is. And I think right. we already touched on the subject that homeopathy is not herbal medicine, it's not good nutrition, it's not diet, it's not exercise. Homeopathy is a particular science, it's a particular way of treating disease. So from the layperson's perspective, um, how do you explain homeopathy to people? So I actually have to do this a lot because um, because of Americans for Homeopathy Choice, um, we have a lot of opportunity to talk to people on Capitol Hill, and absolutely, they don't know a lot of what homeopathy is. And so basically, the best way to explain it is it follows this principle of like kills like. They call it the law of similars. And in conventional medicine, they even use this law of similars. We've seen it with vaccines where you take a small amount of something and it helps prevent or cure something. Now, not advocating for vaccines, but it does kind of have that law of similars. We've also seen this in um, allergy treatment where people who have allergies, they take small doses of that allergen and they build an immunity to it. And so when I go on Capitol Hill, I like to compare it to these things that we already know about as a society and we're, we're generally comfortable with. But again, not advocating those methods, but it's just kind of a point of reference. And so in homeopathy, um, we take substances that produce symptoms in their original state and we use them in their diluted states to cure similar symptoms. So my favorite example is the example of onion. We've all cut an onion. My kids once, and you know, were, were being ridiculous and they bit into an onion and boy, the eyes were watering, the nose was running, but it wasn't green, thick, runny nose. It's going to be that egg white, clear, runny nose, um, burning in the eyes, burning in the nose. And so you know, think of an illness that produces those similar symptoms, egg white, runny nose, watery eyes, burning eyes. It's, you got a cold, you've got, you know, allergies. And so what you do there is 
if you have those symptoms and you're sick, you take the homeopathic form of an onion, which is, um, we use the Latin term, right? Allium sepa. And that is going to help get, it's going to give your body the information it needs to address that illness and bring about balance. And, um, and that's, that's an important part of our political things that we're doing is that homeopathy is not, um, it is technically listed as a drug in the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. It is legally technically a drug, but that but it has nothing to do with drugs. Drugs treat disease. Homeopathy empowers the person to get the right information the body needs. The body's stuck. It can't cure itself. Gives the information it needs. Now it can cure itself. You know, and and it's it's similar to acupuncture. A lot of other natural things. You know, you the the acupuncture needles aren't curing a disease. It's bringing balance to the body for the balance to, to kind of get over this block, whatever it is, and to finalize curing it. And so that's what homeopathy is. It's selecting the remedies that have that mimic the disease that you have. And the remedies, um, and this is the beautiful part, the remedies are so diluted. And that's one of the criticisms that it's too diluted to work. Well, it does work. And we've observed this time and again. There are thousands of clinical trials and papers and studies about how homeopathy can be effective. And and our focus is, you know what? There's a lot of skeptics to homeopathy. This like heals like doesn't make sense to them. They don't understand how something that's so diluted down that how it can work. But guess what? Th- then that's okay. If If someone doesn't think it works, then don't buy it. Don't use it. Americans for Homeopathy Choice, the mama bears at Homeopathy Choice, we believe in the freedom for us to try something inherently safe before, during, or after we've tried conventional medicine. Well, we're coming up uh, to another break, and I just Mm -hmm. want to echo, when I had the severe adult-onset asthma and died on, almost died on two occasions, I took a homeopathic remedy that actually causes asthma but it cured me Uh of my asthma. So when we come back from break, we're going to talk about uh, the problems that homeopathy is facing right now and how you as the listener can help. We need to have the freedom of choice. We need to have homeopathy thrive in our country to help people. Welcome back to Healthy Vision, and uh, let's move right into the problems that homeopathy are faced with, in particular, some of the new legislation that the FDA is is trying to make into law and how important it is that we have to be aware of uh, how homeopathy is, is really threatened and we could lose our, our health freedom from this very, very valuable form of uh, therapy. So let's talk about the problem uh, with the FDA. Very good. So, um, you know, and I just, I kind of want to finish the mom segment by saying, you know, a mother is only as well as her sickest child. And so freedom of choice to choose something that will bring wellness to our children is so important to a mom. And, and that's exactly why we're here as Americans for homeopathy choice. I said before, we're mostly made up of mothers who genuinely just want options for our children. And, and the conventional pharmaceutical chemical options carry a lot of risks. And if we can try something that's effective and works um, for our kids. And even if it didn't work, we want the option to try it first. And of course it does, but we want that freedom. And so what the FDA released in 2015 is a draft guidance. Now, draft guidance um, means that it's it's, um, not in its final form, that they're kind of letting us know that they're working on this. 
And this draft guidance on homeopathy has a lot of concerns. And, and administration, especially the FDA, they're using a lot of these guidances. Now, remember, a guidance is not legal as far as law. It's not even a regulation. It's simply a statement that the FDA says, this is how we are going to interpret the law. And what's interesting is that um, you know they're, they're producing this mostly for manufacturers on how they're going to enforce the manufacturing of homeopathy. And so technically, manufacturers, and not just homeopathic manufacturers, all manufacturers, they don't really have to comply to a draft guidance. But what happens is oftentimes they do because they, you know, it's the FDA has a way of disciplining a manufacturer if they don't do exactly what they want. And and manufacturers, especially homeopathy manufacturers, I mean, they're small companies. You know, I think in the United States. States, some of our larger homeopathic manufacturers have only eight full-time employees. These are very tiny companies. And so they 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 don't want to push against. But moms, we the FDA works for us. They can't discipline us. They're supposed to technically protect us. And so when mothers and consumers show up to the FDA and say, you're not doing what I want you to do, that really pivots the argument and it, and it brings a very powerful voice in defense of the homeopaths and the manufacturers. So this draft guidance, what it's saying is that all homeopathic remedies are going to be now considered new drugs. And that's a very loaded term. What that means is that homeopathic remedies have to go through a new drug application in order for them to be considered approved by the FDA. And so what they're doing is they're going to take a risk-based approach at looking at all these remedies, at all the homeopathic remedies. So they're going to prioritize the most quote-unquote risky homeopathic remedies. But like we said, as long as a homeopathic remedy is manufactured appropriately, and that goes for any drug, right? Any drug has to be manufactured appropriately to be considered safe, right? If homeopathy is manufactured effectively, there are no risks which with to offset by, um, there are no benefits that, that need to be offset by risk because there are no risks. And that's what they're saying is we need to measure the risks and the benefits of homeopathy, but there are no risks. Well, the thing that upsets me is that the homeopathic remedies were approved before the existence of the FDA. Our homeopathic right. pharmacopoeia has been in existence for a couple hundred years, and these remedies exactly right. have been tested over a long period of time. They're used extensively uh, throughout the world, especially here in Europe. Right now, I'm in France, and I believe close to 80% of French physicians use some form of homeopathy. And walking down the street in small villages in France, you'll see the homeopathic pharmacies. It's just widely, widely accepted. So I do agree that steps have to be taken in terms of uh, manufacturing of homeopathic remedies, just like any manufacturer needs to be uh, yes. scrutinized to make sure you are indeed getting the right product that you purchase. But in, in, in terms of changing... Uh, the, the whole homeopathic system where each homeopathic remedy has to go through studies, that would destroy homeopathy. It would just be impossible. It takes millions of dollars to get one drug approved, and we have probably, oh, well over a thousand different homeopathic remedies. It'd be That's impossible. exactly right. That's exactly, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, 
right now. You're doing very, you're right, Ed. That's totally right. And and let me give you a little bit of background on why this is happening. So in the 70s, or, you know, I, I forget my dates, but I think it was in the 70s, you know, there was this drug that came out and it caused all these deformities in women because in babies because women took them while they were pregnant. And so then the FDA decided, okay, not only do drugs, because at the beginning, FDA's job was to make sure drugs are manufactured correctly, that what was on the bottle was in the bottle. And that's how that's how they regulated everything. But then, then this, you know, this drug caused all these problems on these babies and said, okay, okay, now it needs to be safe and effective. So not just manufactured correctly, it needs to be also be effective. Well, the problem is, so now, now they've realized, oh, homeopathy has never been evaluated for efficacy. But the problem is that homeopathy has never ever in its entire 200 years had one documented death or permanent disability associated to it. There are no risks with which to offset by effectiveness. And so that's what I'm telling everybody on Capitol Hill. I said, okay, on the surface, it seems like trying to determine whether or not homeopathy is effective is a good idea. But here's the problem. There's two problems with this. The first one is it is highly individualized medicine. If you have allergies and I have allergies and we both take Allium SEPA, it might help us both or it might only help one. It all depends on what our symptoms are. So if my allergies present with an allergic cough, which it, it has in the past, um, itchy roof of the mouth and itchy ears, Allium SEPA, which we just talked about, will not uproot and help my body address that illness. But if your allergies presented that way, it's fine. So if FDA wants to see if homeopathy is effective for allergies and they use Allium SEPA, they're not going to come out with positive results because they're using a conventional drug model to measure effectiveness. So yeah, they're that's using a, uh, that's a very good point because I tell patients, I have macular degeneration. What homeopathic remedy should I take? I tell them, well, if I treat 100 folks with macular degeneration, each one may need a different homeopathic remedy because we treat the person. We just don't right, treat the disease. Right, because their symptoms and the way that disease has impacted them, even emotionally, all of that is part of the selecting of the remedy. That's exactly. And so when I say this to everybody on Capitol Hill, I have to say 99% of the staffers I'm talking with, they understand, they get it, and they don't think that applying a system of medicine, which is conventional drugs, to a different system of medicine, the rules for one system to the other system, it shouldn't be applied across the board. Then the second thing that we have, the problem with effectiveness, is that it will bankrupt homeopathy. Homeopathic remedies are natural. They can't be patented in the same way drugs can. And it costs about $8 a remedy to buy. Well, the reason pharmaceutical drugs can do the new drug application is because they cost thousands. And one for one remedy, a new drug application would cost upwards of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars per remedy. Our, 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 on the low side, it would cost $3 million per remedy, and that's a very low side. And so I'm telling them, it will. this new drug application, first, it won't work. It sets homeopathy up for failure because it's using the wrong system of medicine. And then on the other hand, it will bankrupt homeopathy. And, and so if homeopathy is bankrupt, then our freedom of choice will end. We exactly. will not have homeopathic remedies available for us. And, of course, this exactly. could be a reason why Big Pharma is encouraging the FDA to do this 
to eliminate the competition. Possibly. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Well, because think about it. For my autoimmune disease that I had, you know, I was diagnosed six years ago. Think about the, the amount per, per year of drugs, procedures, and surgeries I would have donated as far as dollars go to the pharmaceutical industry. And instead, for $8 a remedy, a, a, a bottle, which lasts me almost a year, $8 I cured this. So for $1 spent on homeopathy, it can equate to thousands of dollars in the pharmaceutical drug industry. And that's the concern. And then and then I think the most important thing that we need to see here is that the FDA is saying, you know, they're going to prioritize this risk-based approach. They're, they're going to force homeopathy through the new drug application, but they're only picking a few categories of remedies that for whatever reason they think is dangerous. Well, Nothing in their draft guidance actually limits them from just focusing on those categories. Technically, their draft guidance says that they can do this at their will to all of homeopathy. Nothing limits them. And that's the them. scary. That's mm -hmm. the scary point. Absolutely. Uh, well, we're coming up to another break. And I just want to mention the American Institute of Homeopathy, which I'm a member, is taking this issue very seriously. And I was asked to draft a guideline showing the benefits of homeopathic remedies in the treatment of eye disease. So I just reviewed the homeopathic eye literature, which there's hundreds of articles showing that homeopathic remedies can benefit many chronic eye conditions like allergic conjunctivitis, bacterial conjunctivitis, dry eyes, etc. And as you mentioned, it's much more cost effective. So we're coming up to another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can help us in this cause. We'll be right back after this break. Okay, we're back. And now we're going to focus on what steps uh, you as a listener can take to help us with this cause to protect homeopathy. So, Absolutely. What can, what can folks do? I know the American Institute of Homeopathy, we're getting position papers out, we're writing letters, we're encouraging all our patients to sign petitions. So what can we do from on your end? Well, that's. I'm glad you brought up the American Institute of Homeopathy, the AIH. Um, one of the first things we get asked, especially by the homeopathy communities, are you working with the major organizations in the U.S. that that do homeopathy? And we are. We're we're working, collaborating with the AIH, the National Center for Homeopathy, and um, I meet every other week with major leaders in all these organizations. And we are, you know, we all kind of want to work synergistically together, and we've come together in a fantastic way. Um, what what Americans for Homeopathy Choice has just done is we've submitted a few months ago something called a citizen petition. Now, it's not a typical petition. When we say petition, you think of signing your name on a petition and getting as many names as possible. This is a little bit different. And um, and then also keep in mind that in 20, um, earlier this year in 2018, there was a, a, a the draft guidance was receiving comments on their docket. Well, that has closed. And so don't get that process confused because there was a, the draft guidance was on the FDA website and we were trying to get as many people as possible to comment on that. That has closed. This citizen's petition is a totally different document. It is on the FDA's website. And let me explain the strategic um, move and why we did this. This is a very aggressive move on our part. And so, and then also remember, just because you may not do homeopathy, this may be new to you. You might be um, interested in getting your own kids and learning a little bit, especially if you're a mom or a parent or a pet owner who, who might want to bring homeopathy into your life. But the way the FDA treats homeopathy is really going to be a template for how they will treat homeopathy 
or, or I'm sorry, natural medicine throughout the United States, because if they can do this to homeopathy, you bet they can do this to bioidentical hormones. They can do this to a lot of other natural type modalities. So we have an attorney on retainer. His name is Jim Turner. He's actually the attorney who legalized acupuncture. Um, interestingly, acupuncture was never illegal in the United States, but the needles were. <laughs> And so it was in the 90s that he actually got acupuncture needles um, legalized in the United States. And so we've submitted the citizen's petition. What this does is there's a law. It's called the Administrative Procedures Act. And this law um, says that anytime an agency like the FDA wants to do something, as a citizen, I have a right to petition them to do something different. So the draft guidance is a perfect example of that. They've submitted a draft guidance. I have the legal right to send them a petition and say, you know what? I don't want you to do this. I want you to change it or stop or, or change course or something. And so legally, the FDA technically cannot finalize this draft guidance without first addressing our petition. So in many ways, this is a stay of execution. Right now, you can go to homeopathychoice.org. We have a big banner right there that says support our petition. You click on it and we give you all the steps what we're trying to do is we're trying to maximize the impact of this petition and maneuver because that realize that this petition is not the end all be all. It is a temporary fix. We're working on a broader legislative strategy to help protect homeopathy. But right now, people want to help us now, and you can help us, and it is very needed. So first, go you can go to homeopathychoice.org, and you can write a comment to the FDA saying that you support our petition. I really wish, Edward, that I could I could give everyone like a copy and paste comment that they could submit to the FDA, but the FDA will count all of those copy and paste comments. They'll delete everybody's and count them as one comment. So you really do need to kind of write your own little comment. Four sentences is just fine. We give you a quick outline on how to do that, and we give you you know everything that, that you need to write it really quickly. Um, it shouldn't take longer than 10 minutes. Um, you can just bang out you know your experience with homeopathy or why you believe we should have the right to do that, and that's all available on homeopathychoice.org. And then what we want to do is we want to maximize the impact of that comment that you took time to do. So what we're doing is we're saying, take that comment you wrote the FDA, copy it, and then you're going to send it to your senators, you have two, and your congressperson. And you're going to say, guess what? FDA is doing this, and here's a comment of my, here's a copy of the comment I just sent the FDA. I want you in on this. And then guess what? We want you to double dip. Now you've sent the FDA a message. You've sent your representatives a message. Then you're going to go. It's right there on our website. You're going to copy a longer message, and you're going to send your representatives a second letter. So we're kind of double dipping with your representatives. They're getting a copy of your FDA comment, and they're also getting a copy and paste letter from us and, um, and from you. And, and unlike the FDA, congressmen and senators love copy and paste messages because it's easier for them to digest. They're getting a bunch of the same one, and they see that their constituents are really concerned. And I have to say, you people in Phoenix, Arizona, you have an awesome congressman that has been supporting the homeopathy choice movement, um, Andy Biggs. Now, we are very bipartisan, um, and we have support from both Democrat representatives and um, Republican representatives. So this is very much bipartisan. But your voice really matters out in Phoenix because he has been a huge help for us. And he needs to, him and all your representatives in that area need to realize what an important thing natural medicine is, especially to the Phoenix Valley, right? I mean, I, I went to high school in Phoenix. I taught high school in Phoenix, even though um, we were living in Texas most recently. I love the area, and it's very heavy in natural medicine. And truly, what they, how they treat homeopathy will impact many of the alternatives that you guys have access to in Phoenix. 
Well, uh, Arizona is unique. Uh, Arizona is one of the few states where actually you can get a medical license to practice homeopathy. There's a wonderful organization there, the Arizona Homeopathic and Integrative Medical Association, AHIMA. And uh, I was uh, past president of the organization. It's a wonderful group of uh, medical doctors who really want freedom of choice and who want Mm -hmm. all people to have the ability to, to seek out health care that's truly going to help them and just have that, that ability to have a choice on how they're going to treat their disease. That's exactly right. And so if you're listening to this radio show right now and you're washing the dishes, you're folding laundry, I don't know what you're doing, I would love for you to just drop what you're doing, go to your computer, type homeopathychoice.org, write those four sentences to the FDA, give your representatives a a copy of those sentences, and then copy and paste our letter and send a second letter to them. Those three steps, I cannot even tell you how important they are right now. You know, we live in a world where we are losing a lot of our freedoms. We live in a crazy political environment. And this is really an opportunity where you can do something good, where you can rise up, find your power, and do something that helps you know, mothers and people who are struggling with, with health problems. And I think that this is a very, very important time in our nation. And I'm so grateful to live in America because we have laws like the Administrative Procedure Act that allow us to block, you know, really crappy guidances from the FDA. And so this is this is your time to really shine and to show that you believe in America and that you believe in, in the freedom to choose your health care options. So what is the next step? After after this petition, so this petition will be you know it'll probably be in the docket probably a total year, and um, it, it closes in January, and so um, and then sometimes the FDA will renew that sometimes they don't so we're taking the January deadline very seriously and so we're trying to get as many comments as possible. Ed, the paper that you wrote talking about um, homeopathy and its benefits in eye disease is um, one of many papers that we're collecting, and we're going to submit it in the document section of that petition to really give that petition some weight and to have there on the FDA's um, database researched information about the potential homeopathy has to to do. Um, But then, yes, our broader legislative strategy, it it is developing. We have, you know, a few different options. One of them is that the FDA, we have some evidence that the FDA is already using the draft guidance as if it's finalized, which they can't do. They shouldn't be using language from the draft guidance before it's finalized, but remedies have been stopped from entering the U.S., and the language they're using is. So if we can collect enough information evidence that the FDA is using the draft guidance before it's finalized, that's a great option for us to basically sue the FDA, possibly, or, or do some kind of court action. Um, but, but you know, that's, that's kind of dependent on what the FDA does. So we have our eye on them. Another option we have is if they finalize a draft guidance before they address our petition, that's also technically illegal, and we could take some court actions there. So those two options are definitely contingent on whether or not the FDA um, takes action you know and then and i think the third option is basically where uh, we are looking at legislative strategy that might be in the form of a bill um, or something, something kind of broader legislatively. And we are quietly starting to put that together, collaborating with the home, with different parts of the homeopathy community. Because, you know, Edward, we have the pharmacists that manufacture the remedies. We have the homeopaths that, you know, prescribe and use them. And then we have the mother and the consumer that uses them on a home level. So we want to make sure that whatever we do legislatively benefits all parts of, you know, all components of the homeopathy picture. Well, so we're coming, uh, we're coming 
to a close, and, and Paola, I want to thank you so much for your passion and for helping lead this fight to preserve uh, healthcare freedom and to help preserve homeopathy. And folks, go to Americans for Homeopathy Choice, homeopathychoice.org, and sign that petition. Thanks so much, Paola, for, for joining me on the show. Thank you so much for, for listening to me ramble. I really appreciate it. Okay, and to all of you listening, this is your host, Dr. Edward Kondrat, wishing all of you good health and clear vision. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. If you'd like to learn more about alternative eye treatments, access free reports, or subscribe to Dr. Kondrat's newsletter, visit us at healingtheeye.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please write a review. We love hearing from listeners. To hear more episodes about alternative eye treatments, click subscribe and download all of our previous shows. We wish you good health and clear vision. 